This is episode 174, Staying Disciplined and Sticking to a Routine with Megan. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is actually the first episode I'm recording in the new year. I aired one last week, but it was recorded last year. So, wow, it feels so great to be in another year. A lot of people say, oh, whatever, it's just another year, it's just another day. But a lot shifts in the new year, and it's important to pay attention to those shifts, to honor those shifts, and to leverage those shifts as well. If you missed my Coach's Corner episode that aired last Saturday, you may want to go back and check that out. I take you through my goal-setting process, and I talk a little bit more about what 2019 is all about. Also, if you missed my last Coach's Corner of the new year where I took you through a guided meditation and ritual for releasing 2018 and stepping into 2019, I also talk about what each year was about. You may want to go back and listen to that as well. It is not too late to do your year in review and to set intentions for this upcoming year. I'm really excited about this year. I'm excited about continuing to grow this podcast, to serve more people with it, to evolve it, to make it better. I always love your ideas and your suggestions. If you have topics you'd like me to talk about, questions you'd like me to answer, or ways that you see the show could be better, or I could do a better job serving and coaching you or explaining what I do on the show, I'd love your feedback. So you can email any feedback that you have or request to assist at christinehassler.com. Just put in the subject line that it's regarding the podcast so Sarah knows what it's about and all of that will get to me. One of the things about being a coach is that it's great to give feedback but also be able to receive it and I really, really value any of your feedback, positive or negative. One of the things that I learned when getting my master's degree in spiritual psychology is how to receive feedback neutrally. You know, sometimes it's easy to get the, oh, you're doing a great job. It's such a great show. It's more challenging to get feedback where someone may not like something that we're doing or may have criticism or may have constructive feedback because sometimes the way we receive that is I've done something wrong. I'm not good enough. But it's so important to keep in mind that feedback isn't always given to us neutrally, which is why it's so important to receive it neutrally. Oftentimes when someone's giving us feedback, they're projecting their model of the world onto us. And we talk about models of the world in this episode of the podcast. Or their feedback may be a little charged. So we have to not take things personally and receive that feedback neutrally. Now, that said, sometimes the feedback isn't charged. It's actually accurate, great feedback. However, because we tend to take things personally, it does give us a little bit of a zing. So when feedback does give us that bit of a zing, it's important to take a deep breath to say, I forgive myself for judging myself and go, all right, instead, what can I learn from this feedback? 
So let's talk about today's episode. I'm coaching Megan, and her question has to do with sticking to a routine. And I thought this was the perfect way to kick off the new year because I'm sure a lot of you have intentions and resolutions and things that you'd like to be more disciplined about. So this will be a great episode for you. As you're listening to this call, consider, are certain routines hard for you to stick to? Are there some things in your life that are easy to be disciplined about, but other things not so much? Growing up, were you overly disciplined or underly disciplined? Or was it a mix? Were there some areas of your life where you had a lot of discipline and routine and others when you didn't? When it comes to routines and discipline and doing things, what's your come from? Do you do it because you think you have to, you think you should, or you think you're not worthy if you don't? Or do you actually do it because you truly enjoy it? And finally, Are you putting way too much on your plate, especially at the beginning of the year? Did you kick off the year with 2019 is going to be my best year yet? I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, and you're already starting to feel overwhelmed. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Megan. Megan, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thanks. So I have been really enjoying the mastery course, and I was just wondering So now I'm at the point in my journey where I know exactly what I have to do. It's just a matter of committing to the routine. I don't have a ton of free time. And so it's just like, I just wanted a little bit of advice on how is best to execute a routine that I know will help me accomplish my goals. Okay. So where are you running into challenges with it? So the one that sticks out the most, and it sounds silly, is that just like going to sleep at an earlier Mm -hmm. time, just like, I know I have to go to bed earlier because I have to get up earlier and, and really be alert throughout the day. And it's just like hard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, especially having a partner that stays up later than me Mm -hmm. and, and just being like, okay, I'm not going to spend the extra hour just goofing off. Like I, I told myself I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Okay. And just, just more of like a stick to itness. I get it. With with those kind of things. Yeah. Anything else? That's the main one. Cause like okay. I said, I feel like I know exactly what I have to do. It's just like, just sticking to my routine. Okay. And, and is, it, that. is it only that routine or are there other routines? This is a perfect time to be talking about this because it's the new year, right? So it's the perfect time to right. be talking about things right. like this. And I'm wondering if there are other areas in your life where you'd like to be more disciplined. And let's just talk about the word discipline. It, it has right. a bad connotation. We kind of have an idea that it's like, being disciplined, like a timeout or being sent to sit in the corner or getting slapped on the hand with a ruler. And it's not, it actually comes from the word disciple, which means loving follower. So discipline Mm -hmm. is actually about following something we love. So when we're disciplined, for example, about our health or our fitness, it's because we're following or headed toward a value of health and well-being. So being disciplined is not a restrictive, rigid thing. Are there other aspects of your life where you are really good with discipline and routine and then aspects where you're not? Paint me a picture. Okay. I have creative pursuits, so I think that I'm pretty good at recognizing what I have to do each day to chip away at that stone. And just like every day I write a thousand words, for example. Beautiful. And that's what I have to do. Like I, I... I have to do that. (laughs) Well, you also choose to. It can't just be a have to. Right. So what is the feeling that keeps that going for you? Like how do you feel when you write or when you complete writing? 
I just feel very accomplished. I feel mm-hmm. proud. I feel very feel very proud. Mm-hmm. And like that's that just attributes to my I think it's definitely connected to like my worth. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I I feel like I wanna be this, so I have to do this and it just feels like a step like a constant step in the right direction. Right. So it just feels feels really good. Right. So it's interesting. The things we are most disciplined with and the ways that we like to feel generally have mm. a correlation to how we were most praised or acknowledged as children. Right. For example, if you did your homework, you got good grades and you received a lot of praise and acknowledgement and felt like your parents were proud of you and felt a sense of accomplishment, then that usually is something that continues into your adult life. Do you see that you had that in your childhood? Definitely. Great. So that kind of discipline, when it has to do with an accomplishment, works because it's been very, very conditioned into you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, kind of going back to childhood again, what type of discipline as a child did you resist? You know, it's hard to say. I come from a really big family, so I definitely got lost in the weeds. Nothing's really coming to mind with like, I wanted to be more social. Like I wanted to go do things and I wasn't able to right. do, okay. go do a lot of things. Nobody really monitored me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I was sort of left to my own devices. And so I, I got some sort of sanity from following my own rules, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm kind of too... I become like a tyrant about it and it becomes a stressor instead of like, like you said, like a loving thing. It becomes more of like, I'm not worthy unless I accomplish these things. Right. Right. And that works both ways. It becomes a stressor in pushing you to do it, but it also becomes a stressor in resisting it. So this is great detective work we've done. You know, I, I, so mm-hmm. much on this show, it's about being a human detective because I could just right. give you a simple answer, Megan, and I could say, well, you need to have a talk with your partner. You need to form an agreement. You need to set an alarm for 9 p.m. and just do it. And if you do it for, you know, yeah. two months in a row, then it'll become a habit. However, if we don't deal with one of the core issues of why you're not doing it and your mind doesn't quite understand it, then it's going to constantly feel challenging. So let's right. break this down. You said to me that you definitely felt seen by your parents. Well, you didn't say this. I'm putting these words in your mouth. Tell me if I'm correct. (laughs) You felt seen by your parents when you accomplished something, correct? Yes. Okay. So that was a routine and a discipline that was reinforced. So it's in your psychology. It's already a neural net in your brain. I work on my school projects, which today is I spend an hour writing. I have value. I am good. So that one's Mm -hmm. fairly easy for you. And it's also a stressor because if I don't do it, then I don't have value. So we're going to come back to that because we don't want you to have negative motivation in addition to positive inspiration. So we're going to bookmark that one. And we're going to go to now this, what you said about no one monitored you and you sort of felt lost. So mm-hmm. in a big family, you probably didn't have, you know, every day someone saying, Megan, it's time to go to bed. Now we're going to eat this. You didn't have that kind of attention on you on a daily basis. Is that accurate? Yes. Right. So that neural net was never formed. So for your whole life with the self-care, you've been having mm-hmm. to figure that out on your own and it's kind of been haphazard and you've been a bit of a chameleon to who you live around. You either modeled right. your siblings 
or figured it out on your own, but a lot of it was from modeling. And right now you're modeling your partner in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And because you didn't have that discipline growing up that was around self-care and a regular routine around bedtime and those types of things, this is a harder one for you. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So what this really comes down to with this one is parenting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not grown up Megan. How old are you now? I'm 28. You're 28. It's not 28 year old Megan that's having a hard time going to bed. It's eight year old Megan mm-hmm. who doesn't have that that routine in place. So she kind of just goes with the flow and feels a bit lost and tries to figure it out on herself. And mm-hmm. There's a part of you unconsciously that's screaming for someone to do it for you. Like, I bet you'd love your partner to just handle this and be like, okay, I hear you. Nine o'clock, we're going to turn off the lights and be in bed. I bet you'd love to have him lead this. Mm -hmm. But this is really up to you. And this is really about you going, okay, I've used this metaphor before. It's like learning a new language. You don't go into a level one French class and expect to be fluent in 30 days. You have to take baby steps. So this is really about you learning how to establish routines around self-care, routines that don't necessarily have a payoff in terms of acknowledgement. You're good at the achievement type of routines, not so great at the self-care kind of routines. Right. And, well, let me ask you. So we talked about the parenting thing and feeling a bit lost. Why else do you feel like the self-care routines are harder for you to stick to or be disciplined about? I just think that it's like, it's just like not, once I get into a place where I'm like really tired, I just kind of like lose my willpower, I think. And I, I, I have a tendency to set up a lot of different things I want to accomplish all at one time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think I get to a point where I'm like, not one more thing. Mm-hmm. And so it just lose, I just lose that bit of willpower. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know that like, I have to reconfigure it to just prioritize that thing. Because if I do that, then I think everything else will sort of get better. I'll be more rested. <laughs> but do you see how you're doing externally? How mm-hmm. the way you're acting externally and setting this up is a direct reflection of how you felt in your family. Right. You said, I set up a lot of things and I lose willpower. There are a lot of things and people going on in your family and you felt lost. Right. So you're attending to yourself like you felt attended to as a child. Right. When you were younger, were you ever jealous of only children? I, in a way I, I was, yeah, I guess in a way I was, I really liked how many people I had, I got to be around and I could tell a lot of people were jealous of me being in the big family, but I really liked being alone and I just didn't really mm-hmm. have that. And like that attention that, you know, only children, mm-hmm. their parents had on them. Mm-hmm. So you're treating your life like you have 20 kids mm-hmm. and a parent with 20 kids is going to feel really stressed out feel like some are slipping through the cracks and are going to feel overwhelmed. They love them all, but it'd be a (laughs) heck of a lot easier if there weren't 20 of them. Right. So I want you to start treating your life and your projects like you have one or two children. Mm -hmm. You've got to start narrowing it down and picking a few things to focus on so you don't feel overwhelmed. 
You're not losing mm-hmm. willpower. You're just putting too much on your plate. Right. Oh, that's great advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So it's putting too much on your plate and starting to learn what self-care and routine looks like. Starting to mm-hmm. be more of a focused parent with yourself. Because the thing with parents, when they, how many kids were in your family? I'm one of eight children. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. So yeah. it's very, it's, it's hard for a parent to be attuned to every single need of every single child when there's eight of you. Mm-hmm. And you, like I said, you didn't have that modeled for you. So you've got to be a little more connected to your needs. And when you're more connected to your needs, it'll be easier to set a routine around going to bed earlier. Right. Because it'll be less about, I have to do this because it's going to make me feel better and more about, I want to do this. You're right. And I also think if you take so many things off your plate and go from eight children to one or two, Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to bed earlier will be easier too because the thing that's also keeping you up later is your mind is just racing with everything you've put on your plate. Right. You'll feel a sense of like completion and like you can go to bed if you just narrow mm-hmm. things down and focus on the things that matter most now. Right. So helpful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what is your plan moving forward? My plan moving forward would be to just write down the things that I want to immediately accomplish and just try to narrow my focus and tease out what you're saying because it's I feel like I'm pretty good at reflecting on myself, but like this is very there's definitely a lot there under the surface that I didn't even realize was there that was attributing to this. So just sort of having that conversation with myself and and then trying to narrow my narrow my goals down a little bit so I can mm-hmm. go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And I have some other ideas. I'm going to get to that to a second. But just some more reflection for you. Were your parents married? Were they still together? My parents are married. They're both on their second marriage. So they were both married before me. But they don't really get along very well. Mm-hmm. So they're like sort of together more for the kids than mm-hmm. anything else. Okay. Um, but yeah. And then in looking like as a kid, looking at your parents, you know, growing up, how would you describe them? Stressed out, overwhelmed, peaceful, good at discipline? Like if you were to evaluate them both as parents and just kind of their stress level and their way of being in the world, how would you describe them? Oh, my mom was so stressed out growing up, like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly stressed out. Mm -hmm. And my dad was, he just worked a lot. So he wasn't around and then the more stressed out she got the more absent he'd be around the family and just kind of there for the fun fun parts of it so that's they had resentment towards each other and so it was just it was very stressful okay how are you playing because we model what we see even though consciously Mm -hmm. we may be like i'm never gonna do that what are the neural nets in our brain and our belief systems And our model of the world is formed by witnessing the people who are around the most, which for most of us is our parents and our family. Mm -hmm. And part of awareness and personal development and healing is looking at the way our model of the world was set up and how that's still impacting us. The frustrating thing about personal development 
is we have all this information about how it could or should be. And I'm putting could or should in air quotes. And we're like, why Mm -hmm. am I not like that? Like you are with why am I not going to bed? Like I know this would be helpful. But the reason is, is because your model of the world based on what you saw in your parents is driving you. So with that said, I want to ask you, how are you basically being mom and dad inside yourself? How are you like each of them and how you're living your life? I think with my, I'm like my dad in the sense where I'm like super driven and like, it is all like outward accomplishments. Like if I do my workout, then I, I did it today. And mm-hmm. like, I'm very like, I'll not punish myself, but like, it's gotta be hard or mm-hmm. it doesn't count. Right. I don't in that sort of way. I think I'm super forgiving like my dad and pretty, pretty mellow. But I'm like my mom in the sense where like I could get stressed out over something that's like not that big of a deal and then just go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and just be stressed for days mm-hmm. and not really be able to take that off. Mm-hmm. And what without, happens like, to your self-care when you're stressed out? I mean, it's it could go like I would get really sick or mm-hmm. like not sleep well. And, and so that's that's like the main thing is if I get too stressed out, then I won't sleep and then it just sort of spirals into something else but I've just tried to create anchors in my life where if I'm stressed out like trying to like do yoga or there's like things that I've created in my life that have definitely mitigated the stress and just helped that's deal beautiful. with it but it's definitely not like where it should be well and, let me tell you right. why you have the anchors yeah. because you've been into personal development which is great yay Mm-hmm. Why it hasn't calmed down to the level that you would like it to is, again, because of your model of the world. Can you see how when you get stressed out like mom got stressed out, you basically react like dad did to her, mm-hmm. which is abandon right. yourself right, and let it get worse. Instead mm-hmm. of really being there for her, showing up, giving her a hug, helping her with the stress, he checked out. Right. And so she went down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And you're playing that out inside yourself because that was your model of how someone deals with stress. They either get more stressed right. out, which is what your mom did, or mm-hmm. they abandon. Dad did. Right. Abandon, suppress, deny, whatever. Mm-hmm. So what you can do now is just bring a little more awareness to your anchors because the anchors mm-hmm. are good, but they'll actually help heal this and change your model of the world if you bring awareness to it and go, oh, wow. I'm acting like mom. This is not my reaction to stress. This is mom's reaction to stress. I lovingly give her reaction back to her. Oh, wow. I'm abandoning myself. This is not really my authentic self reaction. This is what I learned from my dad. Thank you, dad, for being a teacher. I give that strategy back to you. And if you can have that awareness and then take part in the anchors, I think you'll see Mm -hmm. a big shift. Okay. That's so helpful. The other thing I would tell you is when you're narrowing this down from eight children to one or two, (laughs) let yourself Uh (laughs) keep like an idea book, like a notebook or a Word Uh document on your computer or a note on your phone or whatever. And just ideas, things that you want to do, put it, I have like something called my someday idea book. And if I have Mm -hmm. something that's not, that's that if I added it now would be too stressful, I put it in my someday Mm -hmm. idea book. This podcast was in my someday idea book for five years before I actually (laughs) launched it. Nice. But here it is. And the timing was Uh perfect. But if I had tried to do it originally, 
you know, what would, have been, what would be now eight years ago, it would have been too overwhelming. I had too much on my plate. I was writing my other book. Like it was too much. So just create that someday idea book for yourself and feel into like what, what what's most important right now. Right. A book that would be helpful, I think, for you is The One Thing. It's a very simple book. The One Thing. The One Thing. Okay. Yep. And then yep. establishing like those loving parental practices around your self-care. Okay. And making it not a should, but a self-care, self-honoring loving thing to do so that you are consciously deciding to manage stress in a different way than your parents. Your dad avoided, your mom downward spiraled. Mm-hmm. You're making a different conscious choice. Right. And in terms of the accomplishments, I wanted to just circle back to one more thing that I said I'd circle back to. Remember how we talked about the doing and your why is great because it makes you feel proud of yourself. And that's great. That's a good why. Feeling proud of ourselves is important. But we want to pursue those things with high involvement and low attachment, meaning our self-worth is not attached to the result. And knowing that if you have one children instead of eight in terms of your projects (laughs) or you take a day off because that's what you need, that that's okay. Let your own growth and self-care become a higher value and priority than your accomplishments and performance and doing. This makes sense? That makes so much sense. <laughs> Great. And how do you feel now about establishing a routine? I, feel like it, I just feel like it makes, it does feel more of like a want than a, than a should. Like yeah. not like a dictatorship, but like an agreement that, that, will be helpful like yeah. in a more of a, lo- a loving way than like a, than a negative way. Yeah. This not being able to go to bed at the same time, this quote unquote problem or blocking your routine mm-hmm. has illuminated something for you that wanted to come up to heal. This right. feeling a little bit lost in your family and, mm-hmm. and seeing the way your parents handled stress. These were new dots for you to connect. Mm-hmm. And a new awareness around not being lost, not being overwhelmed, and really being loved and really being attended to. It seems like little Megan is just really craving some loving attention just around going Mm -hmm. to bed. Right. (laughs) And so I'd also suggest creating a little nighttime ritual where you read yourself a fun story or you light a candle or you draw a tarot card or something that makes bedtime feel like you're putting little Megan to bed. Okay. Any questions? How do you do it? (laughs) (laughs) How do I do what? It's just crazy how much you're able to illuminate and this amount of time. It's just, I feel so grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And how I do it is I just really listen. And so you'll Mm -hmm. be able to illuminate this much inside yourself if you just really listen to what you need. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yay. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Megan, for your vulnerability and bringing such a timely question to the show. Wonderful time to talk about routine and discipline as we're going into the new year. I want to start off by emphasizing again the definition of discipline. 
So many of us, I think when we feel we want to be disciplined about something or have more of a routine, think that it's this hardcore, we have to be hard on ourselves, and it's about restriction and about not doing things, we got to stick to it. Oh, and that's a yucky way to approach being disciplined. And it does require discipline to create new habits. In my 40-day journal, which you can get on my site under the shop button, just go to christinehasser.com and you'll see the shop button. But I have a 40-day journal, which is all about starting new habits. And in the 40-day journal, you identify things you want to start, stop, and modify. And you're disciplined about doing those things for 40 days. And after you're disciplined about doing those things, it creates a habit. And once things are a habit, they're easy to stick to. For example, brushing your teeth, it's a habit. You don't have to think about doing it every single day. You do it naturally because you were disciplined about it growing up. Somebody disciplined you about it and eventually that behavior became a habit. But really look at discipline as a loving follower of something that matters to you. It comes from the word disciple and the origin of the word disciple were the personal followers of Jesus during his lifetime. It also can be defined as a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. I like to think of it when I'm a disciple of something that requires discipline, I'm a loving follower of one of my values because any routine that I want to shift in my life, I'm shifting it because I want to move towards something that's important to me. So I'm following a plan. I'm following a set of behaviors that lovingly lead me toward one of my core values. And when we think about being disciplined in that way, when we think about it coming from our heart because something truly matters to us, our why for it totally changes. And instead of it being rigid and restrictive, it becomes full of devotion and love. And it's so much easier to stick to a routine when you're devoted from a place of love than from a place of being hard on yourself. So let's talk a little bit about this call with Megan. Obviously, I could have coached her into strategies she could have used for going to bed earlier. But like I said in the show, I wanted to get to the deeper meaning, the deeper block as to why she wasn't able to stick to this routine because I'm sure she had tried a lot of different things to stick to a routine. And you heard what we got to in the call. A lot of it had to do with, I'm sure you're not surprised, growing up she felt lost as a child. I mean, she was a child of eight. That's a lot of freaking kids. And so she didn't have that loving discipline when it came to her routine. She got acknowledgement when she did great in school. So being disciplined about that is a little easier for her because it's a reinforced habit. But because in her words, she felt a little lost and like no one monitored her, again, her words, she was left to her own devices. So Even though she's 28, she's got like an eight-year-old that's trying to go to bed at the same time every night. And you know how kids are about going to bed. They're not great with it. So that's what we really got to. It was really coming from this place of feeling lost in the shuffle. So it's really about reparenting herself and making going to bed a routine that feels really good to her and feels really loving and feels really nurturing. We also talked about putting too much on her plate and 
she's living out the overwhelm that her mother felt a lot of the time and just piles and piles and piles things on. So my encouragement to her and to you, especially at the start of the new year where so many of you put so much on your plate is to take a few things off, focus on one or two things. You know, think of it. If you had one or two children, it would be a lot easier to give them attention and a lot of love and parenting than if you had eight to 10. So think of that with your to-do list as well. You're not going to do 14 things well. You're going to do two things well and keep the other things in your idea book, in your someday book, and really focus on the things that excite you the most. You know, I shared that I wanted to do this podcast for five years before I actually did it. There were other priorities. There were other things that excited me more. And I knew if I piled too much on my plate, I wouldn't do anything well and I'd get burnt out. I've learned over time that it matters way, way, way more how we feel than what we actually achieve. The achievement of things leads to a temporary satisfaction. What we go through, the process we go through to achieve those things matters so much more. And if your achievement of things involves you being stressed out, overwhelmed, and burnt out, no amount of things is ever going to make you feel fulfilled. What will make you feel fulfilled is if you pace yourself so you actually enjoy the process. And that comes back to me talking about my goal for this 2019, which is detachment from outcome. And again, if you didn't listen to my coach's corner that went up last Saturday about my goal setting process, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that. So some takeaways for you when it comes to establishing a new routine, creating a new habit, sticking to maybe some of the goals that you set for this year, really look at what are the obstacles that are in the way, like I did with Megan. We backtrack so we could really identify what was the block. And again, my coach's corner on my seven-step goal setting process will help you with that. Because if you just try to push yourself with action, if you just try to do it with straight up discipline, like old school discipline, like if you don't do this, you're going to get in trouble and you should do this because it's good for you, it won't work. You need the kind of discipline that comes from the word disciple. You need to find how you can become a loving follower of something. And you've got to identify what's in the way before you can get to that. If you do feel overwhelmed, check out the book, The One Thing. That's what I recommended to Megan. In essence, though, you don't really need the book. What the book is essentially about is picking the one thing that matters most to you in your relationship, your career, whatever aspect of your life where you tend to pile stuff on and just focus on doing that one thing extraordinarily well. Next, look at how you respond to stress. Become a student of your stress for the next month. Don't try to do anything about it, but just notice. Notice how you react when someone cuts you off in traffic. Notice how you react when you open your email box and there's a thousand messages. (laughs) Notice how you react when someone asks you to do something. Just notice how you manage stress and be a little observer, be a little detective about it. And then after you observe your stress for a while, think about, hmm, who did I learn that from? Because often the way we react to stress was modeled for us by one or both of our parents. So if you want to continue to react to stress the way one or both of your parents did, you can, but it's probably not going to get you where you want to go. You want to give that reaction back to them with love and learn how you can be less reactive to the stress that comes up in your life. As I said to Megan in the call, and I'll repeat, Wayne Dyer says, there's no stress, there's only stressful thoughts. And finally, I love Megan's intention to go to bed at an earlier time. It makes a massive difference. Stephanos and I go into our bed at 9 p.m. like 
TV off, we go in, we read, we connect, and then it's asleep by 10, 1030. And it makes such a difference. And when we don't do that, oh, we can totally feel this. And before I met him, I was pretty strict about going to bed between 10 and 1030. It makes such a difference to give yourself that time to give yourself sleep. Sleep is not something you can catch up on like over the weekend. It's something that you consistently need. So maybe make a bedtime ritual and a routine around getting some sleep. One of your action steps for 2019 because, because sleep is one of the biggest health hacks that I know. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. As always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews of the show. Get some up for 2019. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.